all the kids growing up in that era, obviously they all know me because, you know, they have no choice but to watch me on TV. <laughs> And so there will be times when I would go out on the streets and I I am I don't really like to wear a lot of makeup most of the time mm. and um and because you know I'm always sweaty I'm in the gym half the time or I'm in the ocean so I was like makeup's a waste of money and waste of time mm-hmm. and I would have people coming up to me and say oh hi hi you're Deborah right Deborah the actress and then they would very quickly follow up with oh you have no makeup <laughs> like you oh. know like there's an expectation that you you have to be photo ready all, all the, the time, time. You're listening to the Building Financial Fitness Podcast, the show where personal finance is about the person, not just the numbers. Here on BFF, we talk about how to make money your best friend so that you can have the freedom to make the most out of life. We go through the honest discussions about money so that you don't need to make the same mistakes. We demystify jargon so that no one can smoke you with complicated acronyms. After all, money's greatest value is to give us control over our time, which is truly our greatest asset. I'm your host, Junus Yu. Hello everyone and welcome back to the BFF channel. Our topic today is about the cost of beauty and today we have the very beautiful Deborah Tang. Hello, hello, hi Junus. Welcome Deborah. Hi. So Deborah, for you guys who don't know, she's an actress, activist, and she's produced a series about sexual harassment called Under the Carpet, hashtag MeToo on YouTube. She's also an active marine conservationist. She's a friend of the Sisters Island Marine Park and an ambassador for Shark Guardians and also a corporate facilitator, trainer and life coach and is also a real estate agent. But yeah, so today I wanted to talk about the cost of beauty, especially given You've been in so many industries, but, you know, a very prominent one that people recognize you for is, you know, the entertainment industry, being an actress. So I wanted to talk about the prejudice put on females having to put up with looking good and the financial cost of it. Like, do you feel that there is actually pressure put on females to look good, especially for your sector? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean... For us, right, in my line of work, looking good is really your calling card. You know, mm. you if you don't look good, you you don't get work. I remember when I first came back from the UK, right, I had gone to UK to study um, drama school. And when I came back to Singapore, I had gained a few pounds, you know, I had got again like a, a winter coat. And um, so I went for a shoot and the, the, the producer looked at me and said, oh, you've gone round. Oh, like gosh. with this really disappointed look on her face because before I went I was really skinny of course Wait, was it a her or him it was a her hmm. yeah so I mean there's always that expectation that you know you've got to stay skinny you've got to look good and in fact even way before when I was um, the shows that actually got me really recognised was Moment High mm. <laughs> so most of the kids who watch Moment High are probably like you know late 20s <laughs> early 30s now so that shows my age but anyways when I was doing the show um, because at the time there was no social media no um, YouTube no Instagram so people have no choice but to watch TV mm. so all the kids growing up in that era obviously they all know me because you know they have no choice but to watch me on TV. <laughs> and, and so there will be times when I would go out on the streets and I, I am 
I don't really like to wear a lot of makeup most of the time, mm. and um, and because you know I'm always sweaty. I'm in the gym half the time, or I'm in the ocean. So I was like, makeup is a waste of money and waste of time. Mm-hmm. And I would have people coming up to me and say, "Oh, hi, hi, you're Deborah, right? Deborah, the actress." And then they would very quickly follow up with, "Oh, you have no makeup." <laughs> like you oh. know, like there's an expectation that you you have to be photo ready all, all the, the time. time. Mm. Has it changed in any way? Uh, the only change is like I don't give a beep <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I mean, like back then, I would be really self-conscious, and I would make sure that I'm always in makeup, like really photo-ready makeup on all the time. Mm. That I always dress really nicely, and so that you know I won't disappoint my fans. And after a while, I think maybe it's just a function of getting older. You just kind of feel like. This is the real thing. So yeah, so I don't wear as much makeup as as I used to anymore. Yeah, and uh, but the thing is because you're exercising. Because one of the things you know when I was researching into this topic, right, was basically about how much women were spending on makeup. Uh huh. And it's crazy, right? And the thing is, you know, when I always think about beauty or I think about um people that I look up to, role models, people I want to look like when I'm you know fifties beyond my fifties. They were beautiful, in my opinion, but they weren't spending like exorbitant amount of money on makeup, right? They were caring more about things from the inside, about sleeping well, about having good exercise, like sweating frequently, you know, not people who actually just kick themselves into makeup and try to not to sweat as much as possible because that ruins the makeup, as you say, right? Mm, you're absolutely right. And, you know, drinking lots of water, getting mm. your sleep that is the best makeup you can gift yourself with and eating well and and resting well and getting your Mm -hmm. sleep and don't smoke and do stuff that's going to be bad for your body. Although, you know, you haven't seen me after a workout. I actually look pretty horrendous, but um, I shall not spoil your your, your amazing image of me. (laughs) No, I work out as well. I mean, it's not about, it's not so much about how photo-ready the person looks, but it's the energy the person exudes, how the person makes you feel, and all those elements actually makes a person attractive to me, at least. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think there's so many other factors, where especially when it comes to looking good, it's not just like face value whether yeah. or not a person has yeah. HD-ready makeup on her face, on his or her face. And, now. you know, I've, I've seen, I've been in a gym where I've seen girls putting on the makeup and I th- I thought they had just finished the makeup. <laughs> but no, they're putting on makeup to go <laughs> to hit the weights. And, I've seen and that. Do, you, you've seen that too, It's right? crazy. I know. I'm like, sorry, you, you've got it the wrong, wrong. way around. Yeah. <laughs> but it happens, right? And then sometimes is. they're not really there to lift the heavy weights. She's just there to pose with it. I have Maybe. I have been there before, but literally I was waiting for the weights and there was somebody just doing like a lot of gym mirror selfies, looking, you know, very snatched in her workout gear. Yeah. Nice makeup, hold her weight a bit and then she's done for the day and then she goes off and has an acai bowl or something like that. Yeah, like in this this age of like Instagram, this is quite normal. But what what I just mentioned, right, was actually pre-Instagram era where you've got young girls. Like, we didn't have Instagram. You're not there to, like, take pictures or anything, but they still put on their makeup just to hit the weights and to, you know, run on the treadmill. I don't know. I think it's, like, back to what you said, right? Mm. There's so much pressure to look good. That is interesting because we're just talking about exercising. But if we look at the research, women actually spend to look good because they feel that it gives them better prospects in their career. Right, And we're not just talking about 
the entertainment industry where a lot of focus is on the looks. But we are seeing statistics across real estate, even in politics, academics, where people actually feel that there is this um, wage gap or they feel that they're more likely to get that job or get promotions if they look put together or well-groomed. Totally agree with you. I mean, so many people are spending money on cosmetic surgery. And really, it's true. I think people do tend to pay a good-looking person more. To me, actually, I think if a person is not good-looking, maybe that means that, you know, God is fair, right? If God doesn't give you looks, he probably would give you brains. So when I see somebody (laughs) who's not good-looking, I'm actually drawn to them because I immediately assume that they must be intelligent or, or they must have something about them that you can't see on the superficial level. It's it's not just Mm. about beauty, that they've got a different kind of beauty. So I'm actually Mm. drawn to those people much more than, you know, really good-looking people, Mm -hmm. to be honest. But that's just me. If we, you know, because you mentioned plastic surgery and also, like, it's not just women now, it's also men, right? So in, in Korea, we're seeing this interesting phenomenon where parents actually gift their children the gift of plastic surgery upon graduation simply because they feel that this gives them a better shot at life. You know, when I think about so many things, it's like ROI, return on investment, right? And it feels like for this one, the parents are like, okay, I'm going to spend this amount on plastic surgery. We're going to spend this amount on makeup and all this maintenance. But all this will pay off when my daughter marries somebody who has a lot of resources or she can get herself in careers that's going to pay off. That is not a new thing because I've actually got a Korean uh, girlfriend. So she was telling me that, oh, my sister is turning 14 and my parents are giving her cosmetic surgery as her birthday present. 14? Yeah, and this was 18 years ago, maybe. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, you would think that this is something that's a recent thing, but apparently it's been going on for a long time. And what you said about that presupposition that if my daughter looks beautiful, she can get a better husband and have a better life. Unfortunately, that is how a lot of people still believe, still think. Mm. Mm. Yeah, fair point. But then like moving away from plastic surgery, because that's a lot more invasive. Makeup today, I think it has changed. What I've seen is that with the proliferation of YouTube and their makeup gurus out there, I just think that the number of products is just increasing, right? You know, in my mother's time, it was literally just foundation and blusher and eyeshadow. But then now it's like foundation has morphed into foundation, bronzer, highlighter, primer. Yeah. And it's crazy. And Absolutely. the thing is, it's, it's insane. I, mean, I can't even imagine how, I mean, how much time do you have to do to just wash your face? It's like 15 steps to wash your face. Good Lord, that would take like an hour. It's crazy. And putting on your it. face as well, the makeup. Yeah, that's why I'm late today because I was putting <laughs> on my face. <laughs> but I think that makeup has shifted in a way that, you know, a lot of women, when they think about makeup, it's kind of shifted from the thing of, uh, this will help me with my career or this will help me get a mate that has a lot of resources and it's kind of moved to um, this is my form of self-expression. I'm doing this for myself. And this actually, time, I'm own okay money, with the self-expression I can bit. spend whatever I want. Yeah, no, actually, I'm okay with the self-expression bit. If mm. you are doing it because you feel like this is who I am and this is how I'm going to express myself, mm. I'm cool with that. But I find it so difficult to separate the two, right? Mm. Because I think in like in COVID times when people are literally not going out, they're not going out to work, they're not, as in they're not going to the office, they're not going to meet anyone, they're literally at home. 
they're really not putting out makeup. You know, even the people who say it's for self-expression. But then, you know, if you were to say this is for self-expression, somebody who really loved makeup would just try on different looks and just look in the mirror and be happy with, you know, that look that they created for that day. Mm, I mean, I see the makeup thing as almost like part of the whole fashion thing. So if your whole makeup is also, you see it in the same light as how you see someone, they dress a certain way because they're expressing something about how they feel about themselves, about mm. their lives. Mm. I think that's perfectly okay. I think what I have trouble with is when people feel like I need to look a certain way because otherwise no one can love me mm. if I don't look this way. If I don't have like really long eyelashes, um, no man's going to love me. That I don't agree with. And, and I absolutely do not agree with women who go for breast implants just to keep their boyfriends or husbands. Just mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe there is something more to it. Someone who has had breast implants might be able to shed more light on it. A lot of them are very happy with the fact that they had their breast implants. I mean, there are women who who actually went and had breast implants because they always felt like really insecure about not having boobs. And I guess, you know, if that makes you feel better about mm. yourself, it's your body and, and your choice. Although I always wonder if it is something else that you need to really look into. Mm. Maybe it's something about how you really feel about yourself. Maybe it's about your self-esteem. Maybe it's about um, your childhood, how you are brought up. Maybe it's about your own self-image, your own relationship with yourself that you need to actually look into and really investigate first before you go and have those invasive procedures. Yeah. So I I knew this lady, she has had three children and I think every time she gave birth, she mentioned that because of breastfeeding, your you know, breasts would swell and then it would go down and like by the end of three children it was like completely gone. Mm. Um but she was like she thought about it for four years and she saved a good five digit amount for her implants. And I think she did it and I think she's very happy with it. So mm. good for her, but at least yeah. it's something that she's really done for herself. But yeah. But these days, I I still think, I still stand by the fact that even in the last 10 years, just the amount of money spent on beauty has really skyrocketed, right? Because we're not just talking about plastic surgery, which is on one end of the spectrum of, you know, invasiveness. On the other end is makeup. But on the middle spectrum, right, is things like fillers, Botox, Mm. something called Haifu now that costs like $600, it's I've seen the just, ads, I have no idea what they, what that is. <laughs> I have no idea. But I think it's all around rejuvenation, right? And it really made me think about how there's so much pressure placed on women. And I think women do spend a lot on beauty more than men. And it's not just beauty per se. It's about also looking young. Mm. It's about the value of youth. It's like for a woman, I think aging is such a scary thing. And I'm at that age when I'm beginning to... And I told you I just went for some laser treatment for my pigmentations and freckles. Mm. And because I scuba dive so much, I've I've accumulated, I think, um, more than my fair share of freckles <laughs> and pigmentation. And I was also asking myself, is this the beginning of like other treatments that's going to happen as I get older? Mm. The lady doing my freckles, right? She mm. was saying, oh, you know, you can get some Botox and all that. And I was like, is she saying that I need Botox? Mm. <laughs> like, am I getting old? <gasps> but I think there is never an end to it because I remember once being with a 
I mean, this was for work and, you know, this is one of the companies that we invested in. One of the ladies, she is a model. She's like Filipino by birth. Uh, she was a model in LA before moving back. And she's gorgeous, right? She's beautiful. And she was having lunch with a few people and she invited me to join. And it so happened there was a lady who was um, in the beauty industry or, you know, she, she she's from an aesthetics clinic where she was basically like, peddling things like Botox, Haifu. And, and I was just really baffled, right? Because she was, here was this very, very beautiful model. Then there was this lady who was saying that, oh, you know, you could do this. It could really help you. And the thing is, I kind of think that no matter how beautiful you are, somebody's going to try to sell you something as long as they feel that you are in the market for it. I mean, for them, it's a business, isn't it? And to their credit, maybe they are able to suss out who is more likely to spend the money mm. on these treatments. And to them, it's about, okay, I managed to, you know, clock that amount of sales. So mm. it's for them, it's about that. They mm. don't probably think about um, what it means for the female. I mean, they'll prey, I think, sometimes on a lady's insecurities. And sometimes a woman may look really confident and beautiful on the outside. But let's face it, we all have our own insecurities, whatever mm-hmm. the, whatever they may be, right? Mm-hmm. And so if a person who's like really good, a really good salesperson, probably suss out where your insecurities are and really sell you what they think you would buy. Mm. Yes, yeah, I think so. And even when I was looking at the beauty industry, the the margins are so high. If we're just going to look at cosmetics alone, the cross price of cosmetics is so low. You know, what people are paying for, be it in skincare and makeup, a lot of that actually goes into packaging. Just the packaging alone is is so expensive. It's something that costs even more than the actual product itself. Mm. But at the base of it, I mean, if you speak to any dermatologist, they're going to tell you that the effective ingredients are such and such. Mm. right anything else is just extra mm. so if you're talking about even like i was seeing this ad like um grapefruit face wash right and the dermatologist was like you don't need grapefruit in your face wash if you want to reduce pore size you're talking about salicylic acid i think people should just know what ingredients work and look for those ingredients instead of looking for like fancy schmancy cosmetics in beautiful pots and the reason why you're paying hundreds of dollars for it is one, beautiful packaging. Two, the whole branding, right? I mean, all those posters and those advertisements with artists fronting it, all those don't come for free. In fact, they're really expensive. Yeah. No, I, I, it's, it always fascinates me how much people would spend to look like they're not wearing any makeup. The no makeup, makeup look. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is. But I, you know, I always say all this funny joke, right? Because there was this beauty or sort of like lifestyle Instagram, I believe, in the States. And there was this trend, I guess, a few years ago where people were really embracing the let's do a no makeup day, right? And mm. I, and I think a lot of women know what a no makeup makeup look is. And then a lot of men literally look at a woman and they think that, oh, she looks so fresh, she doesn't have makeup on. But the women know that there's actually a lot of makeup and a lot of effort that goes into giving that flawless, no makeup makeup look. 
But anyway, let me just continue the story for this Instagram. So there was this mm. literally really, really no makeup day. Mm. And one of her fans clearly did not get the note. And this was a guy, right? So people were like saying, that, oh, you know, you could look great. And, like she basically sh- uh, showed her bare face on Instagram, said like, good morning world, that kind of thing. And this guy maybe didn't read the comments or didn't know like what was going on and just like asked like, oh God, like what happened to you? Like did someone die? Did something bad happen? And that was literally like her good morning face with no makeup. It's just crazy the difference in expectations. But Hmm. for you, are you seeing actually more men getting into the whole upkeep maintenance using cosmetics because we definitely see you know with regards to k-pop i think a lot of the male artists are also Mm. have gone under the knife or they definitely use makeup do you see that happening in singapore as well oh yeah and it makes me feel really insecure it makes (laughs) me feel like oh my god this guy knows much more about makeup than i do and really you know and i'm in front of the camera and i don't even know as much about makeup or how to apply as as he does and it's a bit embarrassing sometimes, mm. but it's at the same time, yeah, I just wonder, like, does this whole change with regards to what is masculinity anymore, in, especially with these Korean um, guys, you know, BTS and, mm. and all these Kore- Korean pop stars, mm. they've got that androgynous kind of beautiful look with perfect skin, perfect eyebrows, perfect eyelashes, perfect hair. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have to say, I, I cannot tell whether they are males or females anymore. Um, yeah. yeah, so I don't know. Yes, I mean, I, I guess for Asian faces, I mean, the, when I look at the K-pop stars, I mean, I actually made the mistake of also thinking that they were girls sometimes, especially yeah. when I first saw the photo of BTS. But anyway, with regards to makeup, I mean, makeup always makes someone look more attractive, especially when it comes to like photo shoots or videos. And I think that especially, let's say, for the K-pop industry, when aesthetics was such a big part of it, you know, a lot of why people are excited and why they've grown such a big fan following. It's not just the music. It's not just the dance. It's the whole package, right? They look very, very aesthetic. And also, we are very aware that the whole definition of beauty has really changed over the decades, right? And it will continue to change. And I was watching a documentary the other day about this girl who used to be in in a a K-pop band, and, you know, they make them eat, like, six almonds in the whole day. I mean, to and, try and keep their weight down. And that's it? That's it. So, in one day, you can only have six almonds. But that's going to lead to, like, malnutrition, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so she was saying that, you know, she doesn't even have the energy to dance or anything. She's constantly feeling faint. Mm. Um, but in order to stay in the girl band, the, the girl group, right, mm. she has to make sure that her weight is kept low and, and she stays skinny and mm. that willowy look, right? Mm. And eventually, even though she was primed to be quite a big star she left Mm, mm. because she just thought that that whole lifestyle is so unhealthy for her Mm. and good for her more power to her but some a lot of them stay in it and some of them stay in it until they can't anymore and some of them actually committed suicide as we've read about as well Mm. i mean power to the girl who actually had the courage to Walk away. And walk away and mm. decide that this was not for her, you know, no matter like how good the money was or that career, how good the career prospects was. Because I, at the end of the day, I mean, the, the real assets I always say is time and health, right? 
I think you know you could have all the popularity in the world or have all the cash in the bank, but then if 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 they were hit by some illness or something like that, that sort of makes everything else meaningless. Or they're going to hold a lot less value in. You know those things as as compared to their health. Yeah, but it's hard to say what is valuable to a person. Mm. So for for some of these girls, the health might be something they're willing to trade in just mm. to have that fifteen minutes of fame. Mm. And you know, you and I, we can't understand it, mm. but in her mind, that could make total sense. You're absolutely right. I guess you know, for me, is especially when it comes to career, it's always that trade-off, right? You know, with the with the higher salary, you're talking about more hours spent at work, or even if you're not spending more hours at work, you're facing more pressure, right? Especially mm. in a sales role where mm. if you are paid this amount, the kind of sales that you are supposed to bring in should be maybe like ten x that amount, right? And mm. all that pressure builds up, mm. and sometimes when you know when it comes to career, when people are stressed in those kind of jobs, mm. they t- they they might also if they cannot segregate it, they might bring that pressure home and they might put on that stress on their family members as well. Yeah, and absolutely. it affects so many parts of it. it affects yeah. your sleep. Yeah, affects your health. I mean, there's so many things. Yeah, some people are just trapped in in it, right? They can't. See a way out. Maybe they need to support a family, so they stay in the rat race and just put up with it until their body completely falls apart. And then, then they realize that oh my god, I really need to look after myself. Mm. Actually, those are the lucky ones. Those are the ones I think that at least you know God gives them a um a moment to realize that hey, you got to look after y- yourself. Mm. And hear about so many people who actually like literally die working, die mm. on the job mm. as well. So yeah. Sad. But on to a slightly happier topic. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Given that you've been in so many different industries and, you know, I think you're you know, like a fitness advocate, what are your tips uh, when it comes to beauty that are low cost or free? Well, um, like we said at the beginning, sleeping well, drinking lots of water. Mm. I mean, sleep is the number one. Mm. I mean, like, I think I sleep more than anybody that I know. <laughs> I sleep about 10 hours a day if I can. Really? Yeah. Starting from what time? Well, I, okay, I start going to bed around. I'm very unsociable at night. So when people want to ask me out at night, um, yeah, I get very grouchy because I like to be in bed by around 9. Wow. But I don't go to sleep immediately. I'll be watching you know YouTube whatever on TV until my body feels like good and tired Mm -hmm. and then I sleep and I don't set an alarm clock most of the time unless Mm. unless I've worked then I have to wake up so you're waking up naturally yeah I wake up naturally and I make sure I've got like um, blackout curtains Mm -hmm. So I think that is something that I highly recommend to people who have sleeping problems. Okay, blackout curtains. Make sure you have blackout curtains. And for a period of time, I would completely not drink any caffeine Mm. because it used to mess with my sleep cycle. And now I can begin to drink coffee a little bit as well. But Mm. I I try not to drink too late in the day. Um, so sleep is number one and drinking lots of water um, and exercise every day even if it's just for five minutes mm. you know just make sure you sweat a little bit every day whether it's five minutes ten minutes just just make sure you try and get some sweat going because I think the sweat helps to purge your body or some toxins mm. and um, I'm a real cheapskate when it comes to beauty <laughs> like uh, I shop for my beauty products at like Miniso you know really? So, yeah, any really recommendations there? 
um, I'm beginning to realize that um, I should stop shopping feminist. So, because, um, yeah, because I think uh, maybe the quality of the products, while very cheap, are uh, not the best. And uh, so lately, I've been thinking that I should just invest in one or two items which are mm. good quality, maybe cost more. But to be honest, I think, um, yeah, try not to wear any makeup. That's what I... I don't really like to wear too much makeup and mm. if possible, no makeup at all, um, mm. which is why I went to have my freckles and my pigmentation zapped so that I can actually go without concealer. Without makeup, yeah, without anything on my face. Mm. And the other thing that I think it's really important is eyebrows because mm-hmm. um, I've got very little eyebrows. So I, yeah, so I always have to make sure that I've got eyebrows. I think the eyebrows really frame a person's features. Mm. So yeah, so that is my beauty tip. Sleep, drink water and make sure you have eyebrows. Make sure eyebrows. <laughs> it, it be it if you drew it on yourself <laughs> or is embroidered on, which mm. is more expensive but it could save you the hassle every morning. Exactly. And if you scuba dive like me, it's really useful to have embroidered <laughs> eyebrows so you don't scare the fishes. <laughs> But okay, on to the last part where I, I usually like to ask like a series of like quick fire questions. Mm. So the first one is, what is the most expensive thing that you have bought that you do regret? Okay, so there's this like really expensive moisturizer. I mean, to me, it's really expensive. Like, for other people, maybe it's not. So it costs like 150 bucks mm-hmm. for a tub. And I bought two because I don't know. That's $300. I know, because the sales lady was so good, mm. right? She was like, oh, your face looks a bit dry. You have to use this. <laughs> and I bought into it. And so I was like, huh, it's really that good. Huh? Okay, I'll take two. <laughs> so like that. Lah. The hell is it? And the thing is that, and then I bought it, and then I was like, oh, it's so expensive. I better only use it when I really Very need neat. it. So I, I left it in the fridge, and I completely forgot about <gasps> it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Until recently, COVID time, when... I hadn't gone out shopping much, right? And I realised, oh, I need moisturiser. Oh, my my expensive <laughs> moisturiser in the fridge. And then I don't know whether it's because, you know, it's been in the fridge for like maybe eight months, I think. Six six months, maybe. That's not and too bad. Not too bad, right? Yeah. But I don't know whether it's because of the temperature or whatever, but it didn't feel as good as when she let me try in mm. the shopping mall. Mm. So, yeah. And now I'm stuck with two tubs of expensive So you still you still have it? I still have it, yeah. Well, you should use it then before I it... use it, but it's not really half as good as the ones I bought from Watson's. <gasps> so it's not life-changing? Not life-changing, you know. So mm. I regretted that. Okay, second question. What is the most expensive thing that you have bought that you do not regret? My HDB flat. Ah, okay. So I've always rented... I've always lived in like black and white houses up mm. till the point when... I turn 35 and then, you know, you're single and you can finally buy your own house. (laughs) And so my brother was like, "Um, okay, um, so my brother's a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. So at the time, I hadn't got my real estate license yet. So Mm. I... I just like, and I always thought that I will never stay in an HDB flat because mm. I, I, I'm so used to living in black and white houses. So used to living on landed, you know, on the land. On land. I like to grow my own herbs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and then when it came, so I thought I'll, I'll, I'll buy it just because, you know, I'm 35 and I can, mm-hmm. but I'll never live there. But after I bought it, I was very lucky because a few years after I bought it, the government announced that it was going on block. Mm. And so... I actually got a brand new flat just because I thought I should buy it just because mm-hmm. I'm 35 at the time. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and now I I have a yeah pretty new HDB flat. Nice. Yeah, very blessed. Very blessed. Okay, third question is: What is the lowest amount of money you've had in your bank from the age of twenty one? So post age of twenty one, what's the lowest you've had in your bank account? Okay, I'm embarrassed to say that I am really bad at keeping track. Of how much money I have, mm. um, yeah, I'm so bad. I sometimes I just send an invoice and I don't even know whether they pay me or not. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, you need someone to manage that for you. I do. So I've only like about a few months ago started like this spreadsheet to attempt to keep track. Yeah, so I I don't know. I would guess maybe it's a few thousands in my bank account. Mm. Yeah. And on to the last question. Mm. If you had $10 million in your account today, mm. would you live your life differently? Not sure. I mean, I might be a little more extravagant. I might go and buy more designer stuff. Although designer stuff has never really appealed to me unless the design is good. Mm. Um, I might go and dine at more expensive places. But then again, I'm not sure if I'll... I probably would, would live my life differently in the sense that I wouldn't work for money. I would only work because I want to do things that make a difference. And mm. I'll probably do a lot, spend a lot more time doing marine conservation type of work, mm-hmm. probably invest in projects that are important to me. Yeah, and also I think just just also having a bit more fun, like doing more creative projects travel great okay so thank you so much I think that has been so it's been so wonderful talking to you, you and too, understanding Janice. about how you think about the cause of beauty how prevalent it is even today and for listeners who like want to find out more about the work you do so you can find Deborah on Instagram it's at Deborah Tang underscore official yeah that's D-E-B-R-A-T-E-N-G underscore official and they also can find you on uh, my website the yes. www.debrating.com Yep. And she is also currently shooting a new series called Future Proof that is premiering on 26 November this year. Yes, thank you for remembering that. Yes, please uh, tune in. Um, you will see a very different, <laughs> very different me. <laughs> All right. And with that, that is Deborah and Junas. And see you guys next time. Many thanks as well to all of you out there for tuning in. This has been a fantastic conversation and we would definitely love to hear what you think about it. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us through the email podcast at melisten.sg or at my Instagram at misfitfi. Aside from that, if you enjoy what you're listening to and want to hear more, please help to spread and grow the show by subscribing on MeListen or Apple Podcasts, or by following on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Finally, the Building Financial Fitness Podcast is an original production from MediaCorp and recorded at Scape Live Studios, The Pod, powered by Audio-Technica and City Music. Episode production is done by Junus Yu, with editing and support by Danny Cordy and Gareth Fernandez. Once again, I'm your host and BFF, Junus Yu. Until the next time. <laughs>